The cancer journey is unique for everyone. It's time to figure out our new normal, and there's no one-size-fits-all manual. Welcome to Unspoken Cancer Truths with Jen Cochran, because surviving is just the beginning. Welcome to Episode 70 of Unspoken Cancer Truths. I'm your host, Jen Cochran. I participate in a weekly collaboration over on Instagram, where each week a group of coaches write on a topic and we all post at the same time. Then we discuss our various points of view. And the topic this week was courage. And if you've been here a while, you may know I love digging into the meanings of words. The dictionary definition of courage is defined as the ability to do something that scares us or strength in the face of pain or grief. The second part of that definition really struck me. In my TEDx talk, I talk about how cancer patients should get the title of survivor for simply surviving the act of telling other people. And I 100% stand by this. What if we look at the second part of that definition of courage just a little bit differently? What if strength in the face of pain or grief is our response to someone else's pain and grief. As a survivor, courage may well be the act of maintaining our strength and boundaries when faced with the pain or grief of others, not just our own. Two quotes really stood out to me this week regarding courage. In Ralph Waldo Emerson's poem, My Wish for You, he states a wish as courage to know yourself. Isn't a cancer journey really a lesson in this? Often, we have no true idea how strong and courageous we are until we're faced with a question concerning our mortality. The second quote was from Maya Angelou. She said, Without courage, we cannot practice any other virtue with consistency. We can't be kind, true, merciful, generous, or honest. And as I was pondering this idea of what courage is, I began to wonder if Emerson's wish to know yourself was really a prerequisite for accessing the ability to be truly kind, true, merciful, generous, and honest. And if we don't know ourselves, how can we be honest about what it is that we need or what we're available for? How can we respond with kindness when our boundaries are crossed? And how can we truly embody these virtues if we don't fully know our own heart? There's definitely a consistency in the cancer patient world around what happens when we start to share this information about our diagnosis. People respond from a place of their feelings about cancer and their personal experience. It isn't about us, the patient. When it comes to being diagnosed with cancer, most people who haven't experienced a diagnosis don't know themselves in that context, which is totally understandable. When we deliver that news, the response is often challenging. And I learned really quickly how to divert the challenging conversations by leading with humor. And I knew myself well enough to know that I didn't have the bandwidth to provide the emotional support that was needed to help each person get to that place of consciously knowing themselves in relation to a cancer diagnosis. And I'm sure this applies to other situations that are going on in the world today as well. 
This past week, one of my fellow collaborators commented that I often point out this challenging response of humans when it comes to a cancer diagnosis. And she asked if I had any podcast episodes on this topic that might help someone respond in a better way. And one thing I appreciated so much about this is that she's living out our overall goal for our collaboration, which is personal development and really thinking through a lot of these topics. So that is ironically what I believe contributes to easy or difficult responses that people bring to the table. So this week, I wanted to take a few minutes and dig into this idea of how we communicate. And along the way, I'll reference some past episodes that may shed some light on the topic a little bit more if you're wanting to go a little deeper. Communication on the surface seems so straightforward. Yet, as Dr. Susie Carmack and I discuss in episode 18, there are entire cohorts of doctoral students trying to figure out better methods for humans to communicate. To say the topic comes up a lot on this podcast when I talk with others is an understatement. Often fellow survivors and caregivers are surprised to discover that so many others have experienced similar challenges. Truth is a bit like perception. Your truth is your reality, even if your truth differs from someone else's idea of your truth which might actually be more like what their truth might be if they were in your shoes. Neither way, that is their reality, not yours. The name of my podcast is Unspoken Cancer Truths for a reason. A big truth about cancer is what I call phase one and phase two, the diagnosis and treatment phase, are actually the easy part for most of us. It's when we get to survivorship that things tend to get a bit tricky, except when it comes to this area of communication with other humans, because this phase one, phase two time is the time where everyone that we share this news with tends to word vomit their truth onto us as they try to navigate their own emotions and wrestle with all the things that they know or believe to be true about cancer. And those things might include who gets cancer, what actions they did to cause it, where did it all go wrong, when will it be eradicated, how do they have it not happen to them? You know, the who, what, where, when, and how of the thing. To which. If you've been here for a while, you'll know I'll always say, don't ask why. We almost never know. The doctors will never know. There's such a confluence of things that come together that flip the switch in one person and not in another. The most important thing is it's not your fault. But survivors often talk about the shock of losing friendships with people they were absolutely certain would be there. But for their own usually uncommunicated reasons, they disappear without a trace. They may resurface post-treatment, and they may not. And how you feel about it on either front is absolutely okay and something to navigate in terms of communication when that time comes. People talk about the unexpected friendships that are deepened by someone's equally unexpected commitment to show up for us over and over, whether we like it or not. I had a really sweet neighbor who wanted to bring us food, 
And that's a really tough thing, as I have a few food allergies. She was really determined. And I remember she called one morning and said, I'm bringing you soup for dinner. It was not a question. It was a statement. It was happening. (laughs) Then she proceeded to tell me what was in it and asked if I could eat all of those things. I said yes, and then I protested a bit. She said, nope, I'm bringing it. It happened to be a post-chemo weekend for me, and that soup was absolutely just what I needed. Since I really struggled with food options during that phase, she was just so determined and was absolutely not taking no for an answer. And I was really grateful. But sometimes it's really important to set firm boundaries. In episode 10, Kristen Cotless and I spoke specifically about how she found herself politely explaining what she was available for and requesting if that boundary could not be honored, the well-meaning person needed to step away until something changed. And if my recollection is correct, she had to have the conversation more than once, and it may have been more direct the second time around. Communication with our medical team is another area that we all have to navigate, and really this is regardless of any kind of diagnosis. This came up in my TEDx as well. Doctors have limited time with us. They work very, very hard to make sure that our care is top-notch. However, there are only so many providers and so many hours in a day and too many patients to see. Add the fact that we don't all respond to treatments the same, and well, let's say it isn't always perfect. Too often I have clients come in saying, I asked for this. They're recommending this. Does that seem right? Often they're asking because they feel as though the recommendation is missing the mark of what they were really concerned about, and that leaves them feeling unheard. And sometimes the guidance makes sense, and sometimes it doesn't. When this happens, we then try to understand like where it may have gone astray and how to restate the question. In episode 22, Tanja Thompson and I talked about this very topic The importance of being heard by our team is a critical component to maintaining our mental well-being during this entire process. Communication challenges is a big topic. Like I said, there are entire cohorts of doctoral students who are discussing what exactly it means to communicate effectively. And I feel like every time it comes up, we just uncover a little bit more of the multi-layered onion. And here's a big takeaway that I would really like to leave you with today. When I share the challenges of having difficult conversations, it's from the perspective of preparing the deliverer of the information for the range of potential responses and to let them know that the response is most likely not about them. It's about the responder. 100%. The responder, their experience with the topic that you're discussing, their family member's experience with the topic, any friends that they may have that has experienced the topic. It's also about that wish that Emerson put forth in his poem. Where are they on the spectrum of truly knowing themselves? in relation to this challenge that you're facing? Have they courageously started to peel their own onion? Or would they rather not think about it? 
often our delivery of news is the thing that starts to get someone in touch with who they are in relation to the topic. And we can't fault anyone for that. That's just a reality of life. We may not even consider a topic until we're faced with it head on, and then we start to navigate it. And that's commendable. But just like being a cancer survivor who's starting to get moving again, you don't want to be the guinea pig of a new personal trainer who's unfamiliar with how to approach your physical challenges in practice. Maybe they've taken a course. Maybe they've studied some cancer exercise but they haven't actually worked with clients who look like you. So we also don't need to be someone's guinea pig as they start to navigate how they feel about this topic of cancer in real time. When we're aware of the possibilities, we can be prepared to exit the conversation without carrying the judgment or the questions that are not really about us with us as we go back out into the world. And that is really the most important part of this topic of communication for cancer survivors. How to insulate ourselves from that possibly not productive communication. So hopefully this episode sheds a little bit more light on communication challenges on this journey and refers you to some episodes to take a listen to for some varied perspectives and situations. And thanks to my friend for asking the question and seeking to navigate these challenges along with us. That concludes my episode for this week. Whether you think you may want to share your story on the podcast or if you just want to share with me directly, you can always connect with me in my Facebook group, Surviving is Just the Beginning, as well as connecting with other past guests and group members. Knowing there are others with similar experiences really helps us to know that we're not alone and there's a community of people with similar and diverse experiences waiting to meet you because surviving really is just the beginning. Thanks for listening and have a great week.